This is our Shazam movie review on TV Podcast Industries. Welcome back, DC fans. We are talking about the brand new movie from the DC Extended Universe, or movie universe, Shazam, which came out this week uh, in the cinemas. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Gothamites and DC fans. I am one of your other hosts, John. Yes, it's Shazam. <laughs> I'm going to be jazz-handing it up to the max for this one. Uh, yeah, Really uh, great, great little movie. Uh, lots of fun for sure yeah lots of fun highly recommend going to see it we will be going to full spoilers uh, for this episode it's a good laugh really good fun to get out to the cinema occasionally and see a movie like this where you get get lots of fun and lots of fun things going on throughout it but we will get into full spoilers we're in a little bit of a weird position at the moment as some of our listeners will know we're coming towards the end of our coverage of Gotham so we have Gotham TV podcast where we've been covering Gotham for the last ooh, five and a half years really yeah. at this stage yeah the full five seasons um, yeah. yeah and we have two episodes left on Gotham and indeed on Gotham TV podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And those two episodes will be airing towards the end of April. Uh, so we're on a bit of a break uh, in, the, in those episodes on Gotham TV podcast. I wanted to do something else uh, that we thought would be interesting for our DC fans while we're here. Um, just to confirm, we will be doing loads more stuff on, on our TV podcast industries imprint, the place where we keep all of our podcasts. Uh, we have Defenders TV podcast for our Marvel stuff, Gotham TV podcast for our DC stuff, and everything sits together on tvpodcastindustries.com. Go over there, subscribe to the podcast. You'll see all of our stuff on there. If you've just been following us on Gotham TV Podcast, you'll see all of our Gotham stuff over there as well, and all of our Marvel stuff, and loads of stuff upcoming. Uh, to confirm, we did mention this a little bit on uh, Gotham, but we will definitely be covering Pennyworth, uh, which is the upcoming show from the same producers that brought us Gotham. Uh, that'll be coming out later in the summer. They haven't announced a date yet, but we will definitely be covering that. Uh, we'll be covering Jessica Jones Season 3, the final of the Marvel Netflix shows. Again, you'll find that on TV Podcast Industries. And one additional show that we'll be adding in for TV Podcast Industries which doesn't fit into either DC or Marvel, is Good Omens, the new show coming from Amazon Prime. Uh, that's going to be starring an actor that we know very well from our time on Defenders TV podcast, David Tennant, who starred in Jessica Jones season one and two. Yes, absolutely. The Doctor is joining us uh, in our f- spoiler-filled discussions again, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, as we discuss Good Omens. We've discussed him in uh, Jessica Jones season one, so it's great to be talking about David Tennant again, mm-hmm. as always, such a fine, fine actor. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, part of the reason why we're making this move uh, as Gotham and the Marvel Netflix shows come to an end, whilst we're moving to this TV podcast industries, you can call it TVP, TVPI, TV pod, you name it, mm-hmm. uh, any amount of shorthand, is just so that we can cover not only DC, not only Marvel, but also things absolutely not related to those two properties as well. So we hope you will join us over the... Yeah, and Good Omens is coming out on the 31st of May, so our first episode of the Good Omens podcast, the one John was just talking about, will be out on the 1st of June, probably, or 2nd of June, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast to find that as well. Uh, let's get into this discussion of uh, of the movie Shazam. Yes, Derek, what are some of the movie details? Well, it was directed by David F. Sandberg. This is only his third major feature film. He's done lots of, lots of shorts, but he's done two horror films in the past, did Lights Out back in 2016, and did Annabelle Creation, uh, the sequel to the Annabelle Scary Doll 
movie uh, back in 2017. Interestingly, in this movie, they actually use the Annabelle doll in the background. They have a little uh, guest appearance from her uh, in a moment when Billy's in a pawn shop. Uh, you'll see the, the doll appearing in the movie. So quite cool. Interesting stuff. The only problem with that for me is I don't know what that Annabelle doll looks like. Spooky, scary, or regular that turns frightening in the dark? No, very scary. Very okay. creepy looking. I will, uh, there's another one to put on the list for you to watch, John. Yes, that, another one to frighten my pants off. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. This movie was written by Henry Gaden and Darren Lemke. Uh, Henry has a bunch of projects on the go at the moment, but this is the first one that it really has come to the screen. He did do a kids movie called uh, Earth to Echo a couple of years ago, apparently. Haven't seen that one. Uh, Darren is probably a bit more well-known. Uh, he's done lots of kids movies. Did the animated movie Turbo and the final Shrek movie, uh, Shrek Forever After. Uh, he did the two live-action Goosebumps films and Jack the Giant Slayer. And John, this might be interesting to you. He's scheduled to work on the upcoming adaptation of The Tripods, one of your favourite John Christopher novels. Absolutely. Wow, that takes me back for sure to uh, to school. Yeah, yeah. The Tripods is an excellent uh, adaptation done by the BBC originally of a John Christopher novel, which kind of... He's basically the reason why I am into sci-fi. Mm-hmm. He did uh, sci-fi writing for, for, for kids, for teenagers, young adults. Uh, back in the day, he's a uh, British author, and he did The Tripods. I think he did something called The Divide. I can't remember the exact... Or The Wall. A uh, really interesting thing about this split between urban areas and rural areas right, and okay. how uh, that all works. So kind of these dystopian futures. So the Tripods are about this... It's a bit like um, The War of the Worlds. These creatures come down... But they cap you, so they kind of put this imprint on you, and then you become uh, sort of followers and, and do their bidding. So great stuff. Yeah, looking forward to that now. Yeah, interesting to see what Darren does with that property. Hopefully it'll be coming out soon. Uh, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the film? Sure. After being lost by his mother at a carnival as a child, young Billy Batson has passed through many foster families in his Philadelphia hometown. All this time, Dr. Thaddeus Sivana has been trying to find a way back to the temple of an ancient wizard called Shazam, who denied him the powers of a hero as a child. When he discovers the way through, he embodies the abilities of the evil seven deadly sins. Meanwhile, after defending his new foster brother Freddy from bullies at his new school... Billy Batson goes on the run again. His getaway on the train is interrupted by the ancient wizard who transfers all the powers of Shazam to Billy. He is imbued with these powers by shouting the name of his hero, Shazam. Shazam. With the help of Freddy, Billy must learn to control these new abilities and his place in the world so he can save it from Dr. Savannah and the seven deadly sins. Excellent. We had to shout Shazam once, didn't we? Yeah, no lightning bolts, um, so no. we're still here. Damn I it. haven't turned into a caped crusader, so to speak, <laughs> um, who's able to do all manner of different uh, superpowers. Levitation, flying, lasers from eyes. I can't teleport, though, but I am fire-resistant. Excellent. I totally got cape envy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of a, a pleated cape, I thought. I thought it was very... Uh, Drapey, yeah, it's quite cool. I did yeah. did really enjoy it. Actually, uh, the actual style for the character is quite cool. Um, this is a comedy movie, and anybody who's been listening to our coverage of comedy movies over on the Marvel Universe uh, knows that I have 
developed a little bit of a reputation for not liking comedy, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, if you have listened to Gotham TV podcast, we, we talk about Gotham all the time, and there's lots of funny moments in Gotham. Uh, and I like the sense of humor that they have on that, on that show, but it seems like the Marvel movies, when they, talk, when they talk about comedy in general, seem to fall quite flat for me. In this, I must say, I would laugh quite a lot at a lot of the things that were going on in this movie, particularly Zachary Levi's uh, version of Shazam, his character, and, of course, Freddy, uh, played by Jack Dylan Grazer in this film, is absolutely brilliant. You remember him from the movie It, um, where he played alongside Finn Wolfhart from Stranger Things. The two of them had great banter within that movie. And once again, he's come back in this movie and he's working with Zachary Levi so well. He's so funny throughout this film. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, Jack Dylan Grazer is absolutely phenomenal in this. I, I just thought everything about him was hilarious. I think just his facial expressions, the way he moved, mm-hmm. uh, what he did to um, Shazam... Uh, just the, the the banter, the back and forth was really, really good. But even uh, with regards to um, Billy Batson, you know, th- their relationship, I, he, he felt the central point of, of pivot for this movie for me. Uh, and he just absolutely captured that so, so well in terms of the young Billy Batson, uh, you know, working with him, their interaction, and then the interaction with Zachary Levi mm-hmm. as Shazam. So uh, really, really great stuff from Jack Dylan Grazer, who um, plays Freddie Freeman. And yeah, of course, was in It, which he was also uh, the sort of put-upon kid whose mum was constantly smother him to death. So yeah. really, uh, really nicely done. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, let's get into our top five points about this movie, John. Uh, a bit of a different movie, really we're going to take this slightly differently than the way we normally do and let's kick off point number one with our hero's journey because it's really Billy Batson's story I know Shazam is in the movie and he gets superpowers and becomes Shazam but really the story of Billy Batson is really central to this movie it's got a lot of heart to it I think uh, in this film we learn early on that effectively Billy blames himself for running away from his mother uh, early on in the movie he's uh, he's at a carnival with his mom he disappears in the background and she never finds him again um, what did you think of this as the kind of running theme for this character feeling kind of out of place I thought this worked really, really well. It is that kind of fish out of water. It's that um, person being passed around in the foster care home um, system in a way. It just puts him at odds. It has that detachment from the the mainstream. And it, it's that outsider's perspective that he brings here. Mm-hmm. And not only outsider to society, but it's just the outsider to all these different families that he um, he is in and runs away from. That's his kind of common thing here is that he runs away i think also you know he is searching absolutely intently for uh, his mom who he he lost at the carnival you know he b- puts it on himself he blames him you have that nice moment where he's crossing it off his his to-do list you know from his diary to to going to all the different bats and residences to try and find his family mm-hmm. um and and so this is a really kind of, you know, it's that outsider's perspective. And I think heroes, you know, they go from being outsiders to um, helping other people, uh, I, I think is is a it's a fairly well-worn path uh, for, for heroes. But I think this is a different perspective, it being a child, it being from a foster uh, home perspective. Yeah. And I thought that was really, really nice. I also think that Asha Angel, who plays Billy Batson... Mm-hmm. Um, is nicely understated because 
Um, I think ultimately Shazam is the one that is massively overstated. You know, he's there in the red and white uh, superhero suits. You know, he has the big lightning symbol down. You know, it looks almost plasticky. Yes. Uh, it, yep. It's really kind of that... Um, that uh, sort of contrast between the two, you know, very much a grounded, almost world-weary Billy Batson, but inhabiting the um, the the adult form of Shazam um, is still that big kid trapped in this body. And I think Zachary Levi plays that really well. And Billy Batson uh, plays almost a grown-up in a kid's body really well. You know, that world-weary, it kind of reverses itself. It's like Billy Batson gets to become that kid once he's in um, the form of Shazam. So I, I really like this. And, of course, as well, um, having Freddy interacting with him when he goes to uh, this huge foster family after mm-hmm. he's run away is really nice. I like um, these... I really like this family and what it speaks uh, of bringing, you know, sort of people off the streets from the care home system or foster home system yeah. and trying to bring them into a family. So really nicely done, I think. I have to say I love this family unit. I really like the concept of this. You know, it's it's um, the central family have all been involved in the foster care system. We hear that both parents grew up in the foster care system, made something of themselves met each other and then decided that this is what they wanted to do is set up a foster care home for kids that that are having difficult experiences in the system. So really good casting here as well. We've got Anderson Cooper playing the father in this family unit. If you watch The Walking Dead, this actor plays Jerry on that show and he's a real hearty presence on the show. I think everybody wants a hug from him at all times. I've seen him at a few conventions as well and he just gives the most massive hugs to everybody. He's a really friendly kind of character. Um, so a really great presence in this role. Yeah, movie. great casting as well, Isn't I think. It? Just yeah, really to have free- that, that person who you just feel you want to get a hug from <laughs> and he wants to give a hug mm-hmm. uh, it is that kind of really warm spirit um, of... Uh, of a man, really. Yeah. And really good casting. Yeah, yeah really enjoyed him in, the, in this film. And, and he was great on screen uh, all the time throughout. throughout. Um, a couple of interesting choices within the movie and, and as part of this hero's journey that kind of came quite unexpectedly to me. I don't know the character very well at all, to be honest. I know him from, from cartoons as a kid and from Justice League cartoons and games and that kind of stuff, but not many comic books uh, have I read that, that feature Billy Batson or, or Shazam. So it was a huge surprise to me that on this journey, when he does find his mother... He finds out that actually when he ran away or when he disappeared in the crowd, she just left it. She did actually see him after he disappeared, saw him with the cops and said, actually, they'll take they'll do a better job of taking care of you than I could. Um, And she doesn't want to reconcile with him either. She says it's not a good time for me. She's got a new boyfriend. She's got a new life and doesn't want to have him back. That seems like a really counterintuitive storyline for this character you wouldn't see that in a lot of other films Uh, and i thought it was a really good choice yeah absolutely i mean it really sort of is not the happy ever after moment with reuniting with his biological mother Mm. at all and it's an it's a really interesting choice that ultimately you know his salvation or his family unit does become this foster family where they come together and he takes part in the sort of family tradition of putting all their hands in to the center of the table almost like saying grace yeah uh, before the meal and it's really nice i think and but certainly yeah it, it it feels a little strange having his biological mum say, no, um, I don't want to reconcile. I, I can actually, in, in, in a sense, 
understand that maybe because I've I've heard of that before where uh, you know young mums um say that someone else would look after the their child better mm-hmm. it could be grandparents it might still be within it could be auntie and uncles you know it could still be in the, the actual biological family unit but here she kind of almost says um he will have a better life um but it, it's that moment where she doesn't really want to reconcile with him and that's really jarring i, I found yeah. um but it's certainly something that happens as well and it's it's a great difference about this movie yeah. that it, it's it has this as an underlying sort of track record to what's going on uh, throughout this movie. Yeah, I think your heart breaks for Billy as well. And it's so lucky that he has this uh, foster family that are there in the background waiting for him to come home and, and be taken care of, or taking care of him. Uh, because it does feel like at this horrible moment, if, you know, after all of these years searching for his mother, he sees her and she goes, well, you're all right, aren't you? You look good. You're alive. So what's the problem? What do you want from me? Kind of thing. Um, she seems like she's in a really crappy place. You know, I like this yeah. kind of statement of not everything turns into a happy ending. Not everything's a Disney lifestyle. Guess what, guys? Sometimes people are ju- just a-holes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it really then, you know, just intensifies um, Billy's relationship and Shazam's relationship with Freddy here. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a really nice uh, thing. I think Freddy also is one of those heroes. He's the sidekick, you know, to Shazam and the friend um, to to Billy Batson. Yeah. The, the, the roomie, if you will, uh, in, in the foster home. Uh, and it's great, you know, this that he is also this collector of uh, Justice League uh, memorabilia. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it really connects this movie, I think, to the other shows in a really simple way by just simply having him as a fan of superheroes and the Justice League. Yeah. Uh, It's really, really good. I'd say fans of all the Justice League movies from, you know, uh, Batman v Superman and and Justice League and Wonder Woman and Aquaman, all that stuff, I'd say you could literally pour over his collection that that Freddy starts to show to Billy when he moves into the room. I'd say you could pour over all of the newspaper cuttings and all the stuff he has on the wall for ages just finding what they are connecting uh, within this movie they do a great job of just having loads of this stuff as if you're in a world where superheroes exist which is sometimes a difficult challenge for these kind of movies uh, in the past it has been for the warner brothers films for the the dc movies connecting them all together and making sure that they feel part of the same world it really does here in shazam because these are kids of course they're going to be looking up to these superheroes these you know amazing characters especially someone like freddie we hear early on i love his first introduction to billy actually where he says he walks across the across the floor on his crutch going i'm terminally ill i'm going to die in six months kind of thing he goes oh no i'm only joking but what he is saying is he is a, a kid that can't walk properly he does have a problem with walking and he looks up to these superheroes particularly superman because he's super strong super fast he can do everything he can fly and this is what this is how freddie lives his life because he's a bully kid he doesn't have a lot of friends and he tries to bring billy into that world with him showing him the heroes that allow him to live and allow him to feel strong and allow him to feel powerful which i love i love that idea that he, he really feels like a grounded character definitely yeah absolutely and it's also just to mention that we have a little cameo of another superhero in superman right at the end of this yes. movie which is really nice it's a shame actually that of course we don't get to see who's inhabiting 
the Superman suit because uh, Henry Cavill obviously uh, no is no longer in that role. It would have been great if he could have had um, you know a little cameo as well here, but certainly um, you know Freddie does get a wish granted uh, by Shazam mm-hmm. by introducing or being introduced, I should say, to Superman in in school. Absolutely, a lovely, lovely moment. Maybe yeah, they just, definitely. Maybe they just didn't have the budget to remove the moustache from Henry Cavill this time. <laughs> That's all it was. It was Henry Cavill in the suit. They just couldn't remove the moustache, so they just left his head off. <laughs> a nice little gag in there. Uh, let's get out to the other side of the movie. Point two, the villain and his motivation. Slightly yeah. different here. It is slightly different. Um, certainly to begin with, I think. Uh, I, I really like the fact that Thaddeus Savannah um, is brought to the same place that Billy Batson is. Uh, but he ultimately is um, told by Shazam that he's not good enough. He's not pure of heart. Yeah. He doesn't have the pure intention. Um, yet this, you know, this absolutely uh, rocks uh, Thaddeus uh, to the core, mainly because his father and his own brother are equally um, sort of dismissive of him. Or that's how he interprets what the wizard Shazam says. Because, cruel to him, yeah. yeah, because his, his, his own family life is... It's a family life, but it's one with very little love and one with very little affection. Mm -hmm. And so this warm wizard, in a sense, also rejects him. And this he holds on to, he attaches to it. It it makes him the the villain. It makes him, motivates him to find this world again at another time once he is all grown up. You know, he becomes Dr. Savannah. This is where he's looking for Shazam's Hall Mm -hmm. so that he can come back. Uh, But this time, it's not to take on the mantle of Shazam. He doesn't want the wizard's blessing because in that first instance, we find out that there are seven statues all representing seven deadly sins. And a bit like with Ghostbusters, within those are these live kind of grotesque creatures that Mm -hmm. represent the seven deadly sins and and, an orb that is kind of protected uh, and the whole challenge uh, that has to be passed is that you don't take this orb of power that um or or you aren't tempted by it uh like you would be through the seven deadly sins i suppose it's kind of uh, a representative of that and so ultimately his motivation is to obtain this power um rather than shazam's good power he um he kind of says no i'm not pure of heart uh, i'm the opposite and so therefore he takes this this orb that shazam is protecting mm-hmm. the world from uh, and keeping the seven deadly sins sort of locked up and bound so he releases them and they are great um i do like the effect where they are this sort of cloud that sort of goes in and out of his body mm-hmm. like he kind of replicates uh, the the seven deadly sins that as they come out of the, his body, yeah, uh, and it's all represented by uh, a glowing blue eye when he has all of them uh, in his body. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. It's a, an interesting concept. Again, you know, we do hear very often the hero and villains. We hear that concept of the villain is created by the hero all the time. You know, it's a very general statement about every time you've got a villain it's always created by the hero this time we find out that effectively the wizard shazam created this bad guy by telling him he's not good enough like that's really harsh it's like come here kid maybe you can get the power of shazam mm, actually no go home to your family you're not you're not good enough for this you know um dr savani savani spends the rest of his life 
tracking down other people that have had this moment. Almost like, you know, the alien abduction uh, stories. We hear all of these people who've been brought to the hall and then sent away because they weren't good enough. It's really harsh. I don't know whether I like Wizard Shazam very much, John. Well, it's certainly, it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down. It's very much Roman Emperor type Mm -hmm. thing where it's like, are you good enough uh, or should you be fed to the lions? And I think that's the really good thing here is that Thaddeus... um, is fed to the, his own lions, his own fears, mm-hmm. that he's not good enough, that he's rejected by his own father, who prefers his brother, in a sense, yeah. you know. And, and he is lonely. He is um, he's rejected. He's ignored. You know, when he tells uh, his, his father and his brother about being transported to um, this other world, they dismiss it. Mm-hmm. And then he, because of that, an accident is caused. Um, his dad ends up in a wheelchair. His brother, you know, as well, it, it blames him. So he is a lonely child, um, mm-hmm. even though he has his biological parents. And I think that's the other side of this movie, which yeah. shows, you know, biological families may or may not be as good as a foster family. Um, it depends on who these people are. Exactly. Uh, it depends on how kind, warm, loving, you name it, that the, the family unit, however you comprise it, uh, is made up of. So mm-hmm. I, I think this is a, a really interesting part of this movie. And I think there's a lot of heart that comes from that contrast between uh, Thaddeus and Billy Batson. I think also it's really interesting that, you know, the antagonist is a, an adult and uh, the protagonist is an adult, but a kid trapped in an adult's body, yeah. so to speak. So, uh, you know, you have this kind of really nice dynamic going on. Um, but certainly the villain's motivation, you know, with Shazam, that is a flashback earlier on. And, it, you know, he is now um, grown up. Um, and certainly going after his father, uh, a real interesting scene there uh, at the Savannah uh, corporate headquarters. Yes, it's a massive scene. I know there's been a lot of commentary on this particular moment in the movie uh, since we saw it on Friday. I've seen loads of people talking about it. Um, pretty scary scene. Now, you know, this is a PG-13 movie, so what that means, obviously, is either you're 13 and above or you go to it with your parents. And I highly, I'd say that's exactly the same for me. I wouldn't want to, wouldn't want a group of eight-year-olds going to see this on their own without a parent present, you know. Uh, every, every child is different. Every child handles scary scenes differently. This is a surprisingly scary scene. It did seem to come kind of out of nowhere, but it does, yeah. uh, it does provide the shorthand of how dark Savannah is and how dark these seven deadly sins are, I suppose. That moment where he picks up his brother and throws him out the window of the boardroom. Huge, quite quite scary yeah, scene. Absolutely. And then we have one of the seven deadly sins biting off the head of another member of the board. And then all the rest of the board are slaughtered, you know, through frosted glass at a window, of course. You know, it's not it's not a violent moment, but it is a scary moment, you know. And it would be, it's the reason why the movie got a parental guidance and not a universal stamp, I suppose, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fairly brutal. And I think you're right. You don't realize, I mean, you should. He's got seven deadly sins in mm-hmm. him. He's got all these sins that are looking to corrupt, uh, take over the world. Um, you know, one of them being violence. So this is, this is violent. This is, um, this is lustful violence. This is, uh, all of these different deadly sins sort of taking it out on his father and his brother and the rest of the board members of uh his dad's uh corporation and um but it's re- it is pretty like 
brutal. And yeah, I mean, you don't expect that that to happen. I think you expect that they're going to die. Absolutely. But I don't think you expect um, him to be chucked out of the window. I mean, you don't get the blood and that's probably why it's kind of shown. But, you know, you pretty much see someone's head being bitten off and it really does... um, provide the the most brutal part of this movie because even the final showdown of the villains with um shazam is certainly not as brutal well absolutely like there are moments throughout the rest of the film when the seven deadly sins are capturing people and they're holding people and they're holding them back in this scene it is absolutely they just go and kill them i think it's probably used as a little bit of shorthand because they are trying to do a lot in this film setting up an entire family foster family for billy batson setting up billy becoming shazam all those moments when we find out about his powers there's so much going on that they actually don't have a huge amount of time to go into the villain side and to show off the seven deadly sins if you had maybe another 10 or 15 minutes spent with who each one of them were or whether maybe the designs of each of the characters were representative of the seven deadly sins so we had each of them going out and possessing somebody with that particular sin kind of thing maybe they would have done that differently but it felt kind of like um Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2, uh, that moment where you have a horror director in a comic book movie and he uses his skills doing something yeah, like, yeah, the, like Doc Ock uh, killing all the people with his arms in the, in the hospital in Spider-Man 2. That's what this scene felt like. It felt like, well, we need to establish how violent and how brutal this bad guy is. So here's a great scene to do it with loads of adults around killing everybody there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, but again, it, it, yeah, there's still through frosted glass. You know, it, it's not bloody mm-hmm. uh, violent. It's just brutal exactly. violent, I think. Uh, and it, it does feel a little bit of a tonal shift in the movie. It does stand out for that, I think, as mm-hmm. well. And um, so, yeah, it, it's a, maybe a little misplaced, but um still it as you say it's more shorthand to just really kind of capture again the villainous motives of um thaddeus really and in a good way because it does feel like the kind of movies that we watched back in the 80s and 90s things like goonies and that kind of stuff where it did have quite heavy violence and absolutely did have have moments where you felt like your main character was going to get killed by the bad guy right so (laughs) there's nothing wrong with doing that in the movie either let's get on to billy and his powers uh, our point number three because this has to be the most joyous part of this film this whole concept of freddy and and shazam working together and finding out what their powers are and we do obviously have that moment with uh, with wizard shazam as he's called uh, handing over the power of Shazam to Billy because he's good of heart. And one thing I just wanted to highlight, that, that moment where the wizard Shazam played by Digimon Hanso, um, that, that moment where he's telling the story of when he, they gave the power to the wrong person in the past and you have that version of Shazam in gold with the hood up, that's actually the character Black Adam, um, who is going to have his own movie coming up in the future. Yeah, yeah. going to be played by The Rock um, in a future movie whenever he gets done filming the 75 Fast and Furious sequels that he's been signed up to. Uh, he's going to be in this universe. But really interesting that that's the flashback that we have. That moment that, that the story is told by Digimon Hanso is of a movie that could be coming out in three or four years. Yeah, time. that's true, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. I must say, this moment where Shazam chooses uh, Billy Batson, I think uh, Asher Angel plays this really nicely. That kind of, you know, he's just been transported to this realm or this area this other world um on on a sub subway uh train mm-hmm. uh, and you know he he's kind of the kind of taking it all in but he you know he's shocked but he's not freaking out i i thought he played that really nicely actually i know what you mean yeah yeah really enjoyed that this moment between the two of them uh, lots of fun little bits here as well and of course we have 
Shazam with powers. He's suddenly walking around as a grown adult with a lightning bolt on his chest, walking through the streets and has no idea what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, I love that his family are at home thinking he's run away again and they're wondering how to proceed. And then we just see him at the window knocking on it for Freddy to come and meet him outside afterwards because Freddy knows everything about this, right? Yeah, I, I, this is the heart and soul of this movie Hilarious. for sure. Um, it brings <laughs> the connection between Freddy and Shazam, Freddy and Billy. It has the absolute comedy value. It, it, it's so good where they are checking out, testing the types of powers uh, that Shazam has, that Billy has. And we have that first sort of the park bag snatch where <laughs> Freddy goes, go and save the, the, the woman who's being mugged and having her, her purse uh, stolen. Uh, and just that... You know, he's got fast speed and, and in the end she ends up wanting to give him money so that she doesn't follow her, that he, that she stays safe. Yeah. She thinks he is as bad as the mugger, but it's really nicely done, I, I think. I have to say these little vignettes that they have, these little yeah. scenes that they've written just feel like they're, they're exploring the powers, but they're exploring the comedy of the, of the character as well. You know, I love this moment that he runs to try and save this woman from having her bag snatched because he hears her screaming. But actually, it's not her screaming. It's the guy that tried to rob her bag because she sprayed him in the face with pepper spray. <laughs> and it really hurts, you know. Uh, nice little moment. Then we have the, the market robbery where they go to buy beer. And it turns out somebody's in the, in the market about to rob it. And then he finds out he's bulletproof by getting shot at. I love these moments where we have, you know, Freddie going... Oh, shoot him in the face because we need to know <laughs> that he's bulletproof because only kids would do that. Yeah, like, is, is it his suit or is it his actual body? Uh, we need to check this yeah. out. Shoot him in the face and you're just like, it's what if just, it is the yeah, suit? <laughs> it's so so good. Yeah. Um, it, it it's you know, and then you see the two uh, robbers being. Th- hurled out of, of the the window which mm-hmm. is really uh nicely done and then they get the beer because they're, they're trying to taste beer and mm-hmm. um, because of shazam being an adult they taste it and it's like oh that's like sweaty socks and then come out with loads of sweets uh, really <laughs> nicely done yeah, i think really good fun and um, we have lightning from my hands uh another one of my favorite scenes uh, when he's standing on the top of uh the spot in Philadelphia where Rocky had run up the stairs, so they have the Rocky theme playing and he's singing along with it from my hands, lightning from my hands. It's a really good one. <laughs> yeah, that is it. so cool. I was singing it for about an hour afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a really great image uh, and the, the song as well. You have him trying to leap tall buildings, but he misses the jump yep. and goes straight into the uh, the side of the building. Block. You just yeah. hear the smash of the window. <laughs> uh, really nicely done. We've yep. got flight uh, and super strength as well uh, as he catches is uh, a fallen boss uh, as well um, <laughs> but I like the fact that he, he doesn't kind of want to save the boss he, mm. he's like uh, all the people he's kind of there's that childish element of I don't know actually what to do here and it's yeah. only because he puts his hands up to protect himself as the boss crashes from the overpass that he manages to hold up the bus uh, and when he goes to put it down and there's just the cute dog sat there uh, <laughs> looking at him sort of with his head cocked to one side yeah. and it's like go 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 I you know I need to put this down yeah. really uh, really nicely done here yeah. great fun great fun and of course this is how Dr. Savannah finds out who he is he's on the news effectively so he's able to find out that there is this person with Shazam's powers uh, which leads to a great fight the fight in the mall I think uh, really good fun a nice uh, comment in here that they there is a reference to Big, uh, the movie starring Tom Hanks from the 80s, where, yeah. where he's a kid trapped in an adult's body. We have them battle on top of a, a piano on the floor. Yeah, that's really which good. Anybody who's seen the movie Big knows that there's a big moment with Tom Hanks playing 
uh, keyboard piano on the floor. Uh, and that has def- stayed in F.A.O. Schwartz in New York for the re- the next 30 years after that movie came out. It was that big a scene in the movie. So uh, if you're familiar with the movie, you'll definitely recognize that moment. Uh, but great, great stuff. I've heard after the, after the movie came out that the uh, director chose all of the toys that were in there and um, he had to get them all passed by Warner Brothers because they had to be real toys in the real world that people could actually go out and buy uh, so we have a great little nod to Batman where he picks up a statue of Batman throws <laughs> yeah. it at Dr. Savali and it goes I'm Batman uh, <laughs> as Shazam says get him Batman you know uh, great little moments here that that re- feel really realistic you yeah know? I feel I feel like uh, maybe not realistic is the, isn't the right word it feels like something that a kid would say if he was in this situation that's more what I mean yeah so many good references I think the references like the batman one mm-hmm. they feel natural it doesn't That's feel word, yeah. shoehorned yes it's a dc movie yes we know batman is a dc property we know it, it's self-promotion but the form the comedy around it the 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 scene in which it's being delivered it feels like it could be in any movie exactly you know it's really nicely done yeah um it doesn't feel force it's product placement but it doesn't feel like product placement (laughs) you know it's really good yeah yeah really enjoyed those those moments in there and what we do see is that every time he calls out the word shazam he changes back and forth between billy and and shazam over and over again i think this is quite interesting they use it a lot more than i was expecting probably um you know there there's moments where you see him go into the bathroom because he says as shazam he doesn't know even how to get out of this outfit so he he goes (laughs) into the public toilet shouts shazam (laughs) as someone runs out screaming (laughs) and he turns back into Billy I thought that was a funny yeah, little because he doesn't know how to pee in the suit yeah. and he's like you know it's just so so funny yeah. the, the practicalities of a superhero suit provides the biggest uh, form of comedy yeah. it is really well done in that sense absolutely and then we do find Another little moment with another one of the of my favorite family members, definitely when he returns home after becoming Shazam and walks into uh, his his bedroom or his sister's bedroom. We see Darla, the younger kid in the house, is sitting in the room as he says the word Shazam and changes back into Billy. So she instantly finds out. It's not just Freddie that knows that he's Shazam; it is also Darla. Yeah, and I love that she's asked to keep that a secret because all good little sisters would. Yeah, and she's the most talkative. Um, one of the kids in that foster family you know when we're introduced to the foster family we have the uh the young gamer kid who's like yeah she she doesn't like silence and so all we hear is her chatting yeah you know yeah yeah Yeah. eugene you know you get a nice dynamic between these um these family members yeah i do love that moment when they finally realize that it is billy that is shazam because of a conversation that they heard between or a fight that they heard really between freddie and billy at the dinner table they all realize actually this must be shazam billy must be shazam and then suddenly we hear darla going oh you finally worked it out and i said nothing yeah exactly (laughs) and but it's also because shazam and freddie have an argument in front of the tv cameras and they see it and it's like that's billy and freddie yeah really yeah so so good i think yeah I really love this relationship. I love how it's written. Um, and particularly, again, as, as we said, the Billy and Freddie relationship stands yeah. as a really good friendship. really stands out. You know, the, I suppose the one thing I find odd is that I think they have their first night together um, as Shazam and, and Freddie. And he says to him, I was a bit of a dick, I know, but now I'm okay. And then they 
go down that path of him being a dick again. I thought it was a bit unfortunate that they had to explore that a second time, I suppose, of him being a dick and losing all of the foster family that he'd uh, that he depended on. But I suppose, you know, it, it does work and it does bring them all together at the end because that is the big final battle, right? Our point number four is all hands on deck, a familial final battle. Uh, Billy really has to learn that even though his mother has left him alone, he's not alone in the world. That's one of the big learnings, big lessons that he has to learn. He has depended on himself for all of these years. Now that he has superpowers, he feels like, well, I can just go out and do whatever I want to. I don't have to go to school. I can make money on the streets from, from this. I love that Freddie's looking at him when he's doing this uh, this performance i suppose and going how much money have they given you is it a couple of dollars how are you going to survive you know uh really good but i like that he does have to learn that he can depend on other people and the other superpower that he has that he hasn't learned is that he can transfer his powers to the rest of his family and when he was given the powers by the wizard (laughs) that's such a weird thing i've not heard i've not said the word wizard in a movie since harry potter like they even (laughs) reference that in this movie because it's a warner brothers movie Uh, they even reference the harry potter thing in there but i haven't said wizard in a film for a long time anyway it does say early on when the powers are transferred we hear from the wizard that he was surrounded by all of his family and they all contained multiple people powers multiple powers from various different people whereas shazam has all of these powers together and when he transfers them to all of his family each member of the family gets a different type of power or is specifically good at certain things we see freddy can fly all the time he said he would give his left leg to be able to fly and he's the one that gets the power of flight yeah yeah in the wizard's chamber you have these six high back chairs he talks about his family and as soon as it happens it's just like uh that is so cool i am so glad that these other kids also become part of the shazam family mm-hmm. uh, and are, are created here to to combat the the deadly sins and it's just really really nicely done to be honest yeah you have you know freddie as you said that can fly um, and loves to fly dollar who's like super super fast eugene uses uh electricity sort of the best uh, you know he's got that tech guy that can then harness the power of the electricity mm-hmm. pedro who is the strongest and then Murray's power that doesn't really come through in the same way. So I'm not entirely sure, but I think, again, just generally, she's probably super strong and fast, maybe yeah. a, a bit of everything. But uh, I, I love how they all came together to be this family of Shazams yeah. that go to fight the seven deadly sins. I, I thought that was brilliant. And I it was a massive surprise to me, even though I think it's signposted so heavily. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I just lost it. I didn't, I think I was enjoying this movie so much with the interaction between Billy and Freddie, Freddie uh, and Shazam. I just wasn't thinking ahead, but so it was just a cool, cool moment, which, yeah, yeah as I say, in the cinema, when you go, uh, oh, that's really cool. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, you, the film has heart, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's a failing of a lot of superhero movies in the past where they have the main character's <laughs> secret identity is revealed to all the people around them. Well, where do you go with that? Where do you go in the future of your movies if everybody knows that this guy is the is the hero? What you have here basically is going, well, they're also they also can be heroes too. He can also share his powers with them as well if he needs them in the future. And that makes them even stronger as a unit. It's a really good choice, you know. Yeah, the, exactly. the Marvel Universe has kind of fallen into a bit of a trap where suddenly major uh, major people know about the secret identity of their major characters of the of the big heroes whereas in this particular movie i love this idea you know he can he can now reach out to the people who are now his closest allies yeah 
and bring them in in, in the next movie. I hope. But they're all facing off against um, the seven deadly sins here at a carnival, mm. um, and Billy is facing, or Shazam original is facing off against uh, Doctor Savannah, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it's ultimately that. They have to get all of the seven deadly sins out of Dr. Savannah for uh, them to be able to defeat him. Uh, because, And it's all to do with his glowing blue eye. And the one that Billy has to pull out and face off against is Envy. All the others are, are out doing um, his bidding. But Envy is the one that's gnarled. Um, and and jealous and envious of everything. And it's so, the true representation yeah. of Dr. Savannah, really. That's why he's not letting go of the body that he's finally gotten control of. It's something that I do feel is, as I said, a little bit of the failing of the film is the seven deadly sins themselves as a representation of the bad guys. I do wish they had possibly other bodies to possess so that they could kind of show off what exactly it is about those that are so evil. What is it about the seven deadly scenes that are so evil? Um, So I like the idea that they chose Envy to be stuck into the soul of Savannah, and that's why he's so jealous and why he's so angry and why why he hates everybody so much is because he's so envious of what he thinks everybody else has. I I love that idea. I think it's a a great idea for that. But I do think overall they could have straightened that a little bit more in the film for the rest of the seven deadly sins. They just kind of feel like, you know, effectively there are dust particles that can form into demons. That's kind of all that you get from a lot of the rest yeah, of them. Yeah, there's not a great deal of differentiation about them. I mean, you all can immediately tell which one is glutton. Absolutely. Right. But in terms of all the others, they all kind of look like the um, the dog statue from Ghostbusters right. yeah. uh, to yeah. me. Now, in that sense, I find that really cool because it reminds me of Ghostbusters <laughs> and, and the dog statues with yeah. the big kind of chunky sort of shoulders uh, across, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like a, a beefed up kind of dog or pooch, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing that's been on a lot of protein shakes. Um, <laughs> Got to so, watch Ghostbusters this afternoon as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it, it's one of those things where they're not really that well differentiated. I mean, I could not tell you which one was... Um, Lust, for example. Right. I, but gluttony, yes, and envy because he's p- called out at the end. But that it, that boardroom scene where all of them are coming out, yeah, and um, other than envy, I mean, it, it's one where I'm like going, yeah, I, I really don't know yeah. uh, here. I think they make a gag about lust not being as attractive as you'd expect lust to be. I yeah, think that's, that's the only true. gag that you yeah. see. But yeah. again, I wouldn't be able to pick it out after the fact. If you put the photograph of all seven of them up on screen, I wouldn't know which one was which apart from Envy because we do have that big moment with that character at the end. But I think that does kind of satiate us for that final battle. It goes on a long time. The fight it does go on throughout the city for quite a long time as uh, the seven deadly sins are being uh, taken care of, I suppose, by uh, Billy's family while he chases after Savannah. So, uh, But I do love that final face-off moment. You have to have a good joke. If you're going to make a comedy movie like this, you know, like Deadpool, like those kind of comedy comedy superhero movies, you have to have a good joke. And I love the moment where Savannah faces off in the air against Shazam and starts giving his monologue to him, and he goes, I'm like a mile away, man. I can't hear a word you're saying. Uh, so good. <laughs> a great little moment yeah. between the two of them. Really, really good. But 
that is our final battle, really. Let's get on to the last bit, the kind of in-jokes and the two post-credit scenes that we have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, already mentioned one, Superman's arrival for Freddy. There's this moment in the, the movie where, you know, it, it's that point of kind of conflict between Freddy and Billy because Freddy's being bullied by these two jocks and um, he's like, he keeps saying to them, I know Shazam, that he will come here, he'll prove that, you know, I'm cool uh, Mm -hmm. and he will take care of you you know don't mess with me and of course this is the moment when billy completely forgets that he goes off effectively busking as shazam to try and uh, get money um it's where freddie comes up to him and says well how much money have you made you know you didn't come to uh to the canteen in school at lunchtime i was there egg on my face you know effectively the suitcase wedgie which is really good and and that's um, that that's just that's mentioned later in the final battle because Freddy now as a Shazam rescues the two bullies from top uh, of the Ferris wheel that is being pushed over by one of the seven deadly sins. Yep. But the way he rescues them is through a suitcase wedgie, uh-huh. uh, really nicely done. <laughs> but in the at the right at the end, it's lunchtime. It's in the school. He's on his own again. But then his foster family come round him, and then Shazam appears. But he's brought Superman as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Freddy has been wearing some kind of Superman reference all the way through this movie. Yeah, I think, I don't, I'm not too sure whether it stands out as well as they intended it to, but we do hear a couple of times um, when Shazam says, you know, I'm amazing, I'm one of the strongest people in the world, and he kind of goes, Freddy says to him, but not as strong as Superman. You know, oh, you're not as fast as Superman. So there's definitely this kind of love from Freddy for Superman. We see his backpack, his school backpack has a Superman badge on it. He's almost always wearing a Superman t-shirt throughout the film as well. So we know this is his biggest hero and Shazam has been able to get him there for this final moment, which I just think is a lovely little touch that he does do something to cement the relationship between the two of them. Yeah, exactly. There's loads and loads of Batman references in the movie not just that uh, that moment of the I am Batman uh, statue that Shazam throws at Dr. Savannah. There's also the lair that Freddy and Shazam want to buy uh, from the real estate agent who's just <laughs> staring at them and wondering what they're talking about. But they effectively describe the uh, Batman's lair from um, from The Dark Knight Rises, the one that Robin <laughs> found when he was when he was splunking, where yeah. they say, it's got to have waterfalls. Oh, yeah, waterfalls would be cool. <laughs> yeah, so good. Uh, really uh, good really the good look fun. of the real estate agent is just priceless. Yeah, yeah. Actually, if you heard our Captain Marvel review uh, for our Defenders TV podcast, I did mention that I want people to do things with their credit sequences. If we're going to sit through 20 minutes of credit sequences, do something that will make it fun to sit in the cinema. And Shazam really did that. I love these cartoon drawings that are that are there on screen that look like they've been drawn by the lads, by Freddie and by uh, by. Billy. Yeah, uh, really good. Shazam meeting each of the members of the Justice League. You see him taking uh, Wonder Woman to prom. You see him beating up Batman. You see him uh, racing against uh, Superman. You know, all this stuff that looks like that the kids are just having fun with this idea of him being a superhero in the world of the Justice League. Definitely. Really nicely done. But speaking of the post-credits, it was um, one of those things where, again, like Derek, I'm not fully au fait with uh, Shazam as a character or some of the characters other than maybe Black Adam ar- around um, th- this whole area of DC Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we have this first post-credit scene where it's a character called Mr. Mind talking 
through a speaker around yeah. his neck to Dr. Savannah, who is in, in prison, kind of, you know, doing that crazy writing on walls, writing in, in tongues kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. He's trying to find his way back to the hall, isn't he? Yeah, he's trying to get back to the hall, but there is Mr. Mind uh, speaking through um, a, a speaker around his neck. Now, I thought this was, uh, and like you did, Derek, as well, we thought it was someone speaking through a caterpillar, but it is actually, um, the the caterpillar is described as a master mental manipulator. Uh, and uh, yes, so Mr. Mind is a talking and manipulating caterpillar. Yeah. Yep. So there we go. Look, DC, they have some fantastic and fascinating characters, um, and <laughs> many that I'm just not used to at all, because obviously with Batman, it's a very grounded character. It's always on the streets, he's always beating up mafia and criminal masterminds so being in that world for five and a half years now we haven't really gotten out to explore a lot of the other universe with shazam so so yes this year on the movie podcast that we've been doing we had a uh, a cat that was effectively an alien and now we have a caterpillar that's a talking caterpillar so with mind manipulation with mind manipulation yeah, yeah. Yes, so exactly. really 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 interesting well we'll see we'll see how that's going to go for the next movie um the second post credit is the joke about aquaman and how that would never work as a concept this is where we have billy as shazam talking to a fish in a fishbowl and pretending (laughs) that the fish will understand what he's saying uh i love the gag because again as we mentioned freddie the whole way through the movie is wearing a superman t-shirt in this one he's actually wearing an aquaman t-shirt because effectively as you'll probably tell throughout this movie this was the one that was supposed to be out at christmas last year because there's loads of references throughout the movie yeah you know the whole time they're putting up christmas lights there's christmas decorations in the vasquez house there's um the santa claus my god the santa claus <laughs> the whole way through the film being attacked by uh by um sort Dr. of Savannah. losing his mind yeah. just becoming increasingly crabby uh, and sort of uh yeah, just shouty. Uh, mm-hmm. So Santa Claus goes from being, you know, the the mild, old, you know, warm, fatherly um, gift giver to this cranky, stressed out um, and very, very shouty sort of man who is just losing his mind because everything just keeps getting blowing up or yeah. getting destroyed around him. His hat gets on fire. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, gets, he ends off being on the on, on the news, isn't it? Right, right at the end yeah. where uh, they have to bleep him out because he's cursing so much about all the so bad things. But I do think it's a bit of a weird one. It feels like, you know, they've just moved the movie. They moved the movie from being released at Christmas and put Aquaman there and then didn't give it any kind of changes to the film, which I thought was a bit weird. It's four months later now. Aquaman's now out in Blu-ray. It's, it's, it's out for release in, in, at home. And all the references that are in here to the fact that this should have been released at Christmas, none of them were changed at all, which I just think is really weird. Yeah, absolutely. They don't reference the fact that, effectively, Aquaman has made a billion dollars at the box office. So this gag at the end that it would never work, a little wink to the camera... Is, a, is an even better joke now, <laughs> yeah, I suppose, exactly. because it made a billion dollars. It made over a billion dollars, yeah. Really good. And it, it is, it's just, it's a nice riff. It, it's not taking yourself too seriously. And I must say, I do think that DC can do that really so much better uh, sometimes than maybe Marvel can. You know, it, it, in a sense, uh, this, just the nature of this movie, with it being so jam-packed, full of comedy um means that this is a really nice 
uh, laugh out loud riff on, you know, Aquaman's powers and, and the weirdness of that and the fact that it still works. And that's, that's the, the great thing about this. And so, yeah, this is a, this is a nice second post credit scene, uh, with, you know, a really good in joke here. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of other little notes that were in the movie, obviously, just to mention John Glover uh, appearing in here as Dr. Savannah's father. Uh, you may recognize him as playing another father of a supervillain back from Smallville. Uh, he played Lex Luthor's dad back in that show. Yes, absolutely. Really great to see uh, John Glover there from Smallville. Mm-hmm. Great Smallville. Yep. Loved it. I know. Um, yeah. And also one other, uh, which is... Digimon Honsu guest stars as the wizard Shazam, making him the only actor to appear in both Captain Marvel films. Yes, yes, an odd one that people tend to be mentioning quite a lot at the moment is that before Detective Comics actually existed, the character of Shazam was originally called Captain Marvel for a previous studio. That studio went under and lost the rights to that character. And of course, Marvel would pick up the rights to a character called Captain Marvel. So that's where they got the rights to the character and, and created their version of the character in in, uh, in Marvel. But but, you know, I love this reference that we have Digimon Hanso appearing in both of the films. He was quite central, actually, in uh, in the bad guys in Captain Marvel. So nice to see him in here playing a good guy as the wizard Shazam in here. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, imbuing Billy Batson with his powers. Exactly. I think that's it for our main discussion about the movie Shazam. Final thoughts, John. We don't normally have a rating system for our for our discussions of, of DC movies. What's, uh, what's your final thoughts of this film? I love this film. Yeah. I came out of this movie... Uh, just smiling, um, mm-hmm. not really knowing what to expect from from the character. Yet Shazam is a character I don't know really anything about too much, uh, other than from maybe the Lego superhero DC uh, games, mm-hmm. uh, and Black Adam is the same. And yeah, I thought this was really just jam-packed with heart, generosity, and fun. And um, I absolutely think that Freddy here is complete standout mm-hmm. um really so well done and the same with zachary levi and i think asha angel also um is i think the three of them what they do to bring um these two characters together is just so so well done mm-hmm. um, and i think at the, the the hinge of that is is freddie freeman played by jack dylan grazer and uh, he is very just so funny i think mark strong you know he just does bad guys really well and um, it's a fairly i think standard bad guy once yep. you get beyond the motivation mm-hmm. uh, of him as a kid and how that contrasts with uh asher angel's character and, and the situation he finds in i think he plays a fairly standard uh bad guy and you have then the big uh, showdown at the end but it's imbued with fun laughter comedy uh, some really uh, emotional touch points and, and gen- genuine feeling of, of this um, whole foster family underneath that i absolutely loved uh, this movie uh, and as i say i think any movie for me that even though it's staring you blindly obvious in the face uh, you just kind of go oh that's a cool moment uh, when uh, shazam uses his power to imbue his foster family with the same shazam powers uh, was really cool i absolutely loved that mm-hmm. um, and yeah it's just uh, it's good fun. I, I would absolutely recommend uh, this movie. Dare I say it, I would give it four and a half 
uh, lightning strikes out of five. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, it's a really different superhero movie. Um, you know, I love Marvel movies. I love uh, Batman DC movies. And I've, you know, I, I love those. But this just, uh, like with Deadpool, um, you know, it, there's a lightness of touch to it. Um, it's not self-reverential. Um, it, it's really nicely done. <laughs> Good stuff. So yes. I can't recommend this enough. Yes. Uh, ladies, gentlemen, and uh, my manipulating caterpillars. Uh, it really <laughs> is, uh, I thought, a cool movie. Yeah. I have to say there's definitely a moment of watching a movie with John. Uh, when I came out, I was I was slightly critical of some of the story points of the movie, and I was just told to shut up. It was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> and I did have a lot of fun. I really did laugh a lot at this movie, and that's all I want, really. You know, you can deep dive into all the things that may have may have been a little bit better if they were done in different ways, but there's, there is there is so much heart in this movie. It's, it's a different film than ones that we've seen before. There's loads of twists in here that... I haven't seen in, in films in a while, you know, so uh, it felt like a different type of, of superhero movie. And I'm hoping that with the success of this and the success of Aquaman and the success of Wonder Woman, that we're going to get a new series of DC Universe movies that we can all go and enjoy in the cinema. And uh, I really enjoyed this one. I'll definitely be seeing it again. So we really hope that you enjoyed Shazam as much as Derek and I. Yeah, really good movie. Definitely. Uh, a huge thank you to Claire Payne here uh, for suggesting us doing this review because we hadn't really intended on doing it. We'd just gone to the cinema because it was opening night for a movie that we wanted to see. Uh, so thanks so much, Claire, for suggesting this to us. It's always fun to podcast and definitely fun to podcast about a movie that we both enjoyed. No, absolutely. So thank you uh, so much, Claire, for suggesting that we review this, uh, yes, over on Gotham tv podcast but of course remember subscribe rate us and leave a review over at tvpodcastindustries.com uh, where you can join us on any shazami or seven deadly sins podcast catcher of your choice I wanted Dr. Savannah to have a better villain name, to be honest, because it was quite difficult to remember Thaddeus uh, Savannah all the way through this podcast. But yes, pop on over to tvpodcastindustries.com. As you mentioned, loads and loads of other stuff coming up the rest of this year. We've got two more episodes of Gotham to go at the end of April. New series, Good Omens, coming on the, from the 1st of June. The six episodes are going to be on Amazon Prime from May 31st. And the last season of Jessica Jones, season three, will be out this year. And we will definitely be covering Pennyworth, the new series in the Bat universe, I suppose, uh, from on the producers that brought us Gotham for the last five seasons. And you can get it all on tvpodcastindustries.com. As always, thank you so much for listening. It has been a pleasure speaking with you. But remember, all hands on deck and say my name. Billy. I'm sorry, Shazam. Yay. Oh, I've just been hit by lightning. <laughs> uh, thank you, and we'll speak with you again soon. Bye. Bye.